Well, I hope you did not come to hear that kind of message today. That is a man who has lost it. He has lost focus on, on what is real. What is he doing? He's getting caught up in behavior. You know, what is he worried about? He's worried about how he looks. He's not worried about his heart. He's not worried about the hearts of his people. He just wants everyone to behave so that he looks good. And, and that that is not gospel. That is not good news. That's not how it works. It's so easy to get caught up in, in what this this guy has got caught up in. And what's he caught up in? He's caught up in religion. What does religion say? Behave. I love that. What did Jesus say? Stop it. Right? That's religion. That is not what Jesus says. Jesus says, I love you. Love me. I love you and I've died for you to, to pardon your sin. Love me. I've been raised. I'm not, I'm not an institution. I'm not an idea. I'm a person who loves you, loves me. This is what Jesus says. But it's so easy to get caught up in religion. Religion will kill you. Religion creates the worst things in humanity. It creates hate. It, it creates racism. It creates uh, all kinds of bureaucratic systems that don't have anything to do with life. It's the worst. Jesus came to give love, and that love gives life. But if we're not careful, we'll lose sight of it. Listen, the Apostle Peter lost sight of it. He was ministering to the church at Galatia, and and he lost sight. It started being about what he looked like. It was, he started trying to impress other people and telling other people not to trust in Jesus, but to trust in their behavior. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, saw it, and he called Peter out. And we, we see this happening in, in, the, in the book of Galatians. Now, when, when Peter talks to, I mean, sorry, when Paul uh, talks about Peter, he uses his word uh, kepha. That's the Aramaic. It's a, it's a sepas. It's our English uh, way of, 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 of understanding of this. Is. So this is Paul talking about Peter and when Peter lost track of what is right and good. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, take it out and turn with me now to Galatians chapter 2. And uh, Ethan Stevens is going to come up, and Ethan's going to read for us our scripture, which is verses 11 through 21. So let's all stand together in honor of God's word. And uh, Ethan, if you would, man, just take uh, Galatians 2 and uh, read for us verses 11 through 21. Go for it. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his faith, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with them, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have belief in Christ Jesus, in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. 
In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself to me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you. Ethan. Appreciate it. If you guys would go ahead and be seated. So uh, it appears that, that Peter was like the guy in the video and that he was worried about how he looked. And he was worried about the, the, the Galatian church that they would look the part. So apparently, Peter was living out the gospel. There was a time when he was ministering to the Galatian church and he was eating with the Gentiles and he was saying, listen, it's by grace through faith in Christ alone that we are saved, not by works. It's, it's by faith in Christ alone. But then, James' people, now who is James? This is Jesus' brother. Jesus' half-brother. And James was the leader of the Jerusalem church. And so apparently, some folks from the Jerusalem church were coming and Peter... Peter freaked out, and now he wants to look good in front of the Jerusalem church brothers, and now all of a sudden, he's like, all right, stop it, behave, start keeping some rules here, don't make me look bad in front of these people, and the Apostle Paul is watching all this, and, and the Apostle Paul just calls him out, but not just him, Barnabas too, Barnabas, whose name means son of encouragement, was now a discouragement, I wonder if Paul had another name for him, and so they, they into this thing, and they have this public disagreement. I mean, Paul calls them out. Look at verse 14. This is Paul. The Apostle Paul says, I said to, to Cephas before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile, not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? What's he saying? He's like, dude, you're being a hypocrite. You're acting like one thing when in reality you know something else to be true. But like, you've got to quit. You've got to quit with this religion. You got to quit with this rule junk, and you got to get back to Jesus. You got to get back to the gospel, and that's what Christ calls us to. He calls us to the gospel. Please understand: you get the gospel wrong, you'll get everything else wrong. You don't get the gospel right, you get the gospel right, you get everything else right. The gospel tells us that God loves us, has died for us, has been raised, and, and loves us. And if we will live in that, everything else will be right. That's why we're taking time this summer, and we're going back and we're studying our articles of faith. We're talking about doctrine, because here's what we know. If you get it right in your head, it'll move your heart, and it'll change your hands. Head, heart, hands. All three working together. What religion does is get your hands right, and then, and then get, figure it out, and maybe your heart will catch up. No, it won't. Your heart will die. If all your, all your Christian activity is, is about you behaving you're going to miss it. If your Christian life is about loving Jesus and understanding how much He loves you, everything else will get in order. Everything else will get right. So this morning, there's three things I want to talk with you about. I want to talk to you about the gospel order so that we can talk about the gospel ordinances. And those are the articles we're going to look at today are, are in our articles of faith. We're going to look at the two ordinances that we recognize, that the Bible recognizes, and then we're going to talk about gospel outcomes. Now, in the middle of this, we're going to receive the Lord's Supper when I'm talking about ordinances, so just be, be mindful of that. But listen, if you, if you don't understand the gospel order, you will, not, you will not get the gospel ordinances right. And then the gospel outcomes won't happen. So we've got to start with the gospel order. And I, I, I put it there in your outline. I just wrote it in so that you could have it. The gospel order is this. Trust Jesus to be saved by Jesus, to obey Jesus. 
trust Jesus, to be saved by Jesus, to obey Jesus. That's the order. Trust Jesus, to be saved by Jesus, to obey Jesus. Can you say that with me? Trust Jesus to be saved by Jesus to obey Jesus. It is not, it is not trust Jesus and obey Jesus to be saved by Jesus. It's not Jesus plus my works equals salvation. No, the order. Trust Jesus, be saved by Jesus, and you will obey Jesus. It's so obvious. Look in verse 16. It spells out the gospel order so clearly. Please don't miss it. Yet we know that a person is not justified. Okay, that word, what does justified mean? It means to be made right with God. A person is made right with God. How? A person is not justified by works of the law, but how? But through, can you read that out loud with me? Because you hear me say it all the time, and I promise you, I think sometimes that, that I'm just like saying it, but you've heard it so much that it's like, by grace, by faith alone, grace alone, grace alone, say whatever. Live hopeful, got it. Can we go eat lunch, right? Sometimes I just, I'm not judging you, I'm just telling you how I feel today, all right? It is through faith. So how is it? I want you to read this out loud with me. Let's just read the whole thing. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but how? All right, that's what I'm talking about, right there. But through faith in Jesus Christ, it's trusting Jesus to be saved by Jesus, to obey Jesus. It is not Trust Jesus and obey Jesus to be saved by Jesus. He, he says it so obviously here. In order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Why? Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. You will not be made right with God by what you do, by what I do. I cannot earn my salvation. There's nothing I can do to make me right with God. The only way we can be made right with God is through faith in Jesus Christ. And that's the gospel. That's the good news. Now, when we think about the three circles, all right, we think about what salvation looks like. We understand God made everything to be in harmony. But because of sin, there's brokenness. Our relationship with God is broken. Our relationship with ourselves is broken. We don't have identity. We're, we're splintered on the inside. And our relationships with others are broken. That's where conflict and death and pain come from. But God didn't abandon us. The gospel, this word means good news. What's the good news? God did not abandon us. God entered into humanity. God took on flesh, entered time and space to pay for our sin. And that's what he did when he died on the cross and to conquer death, and that's what he did when he was raised on Easter. Now, we who are saved, how are we saved? We see this. We repent and believe the gospel. Now, what do these words mean? We see these words. What does repent mean? Understand, repent means to turn away from self-salvation. To turn away from self-salvation. Listen. Everyone is looking to something to save them. 
right now. Everybody in the world, every human being in the world right now is looking for something to save them. Some people are looking for power to save them. So they think, if I can get this promotion, if I can have this job, if I can, if I can be in control, then I'll be saved. For some, it's not power, it's popularity. If enough people will like me, if my dad will like me, if my mom will like me, if my friends, if I can have friends and people who like me, if I can get a date, right, then I'll, if I get my spouse to like then I'll be saved. Then my life will work. Then everything will make sense. Others say, no, no, it's pleasure. If I can just get high enough, if I can just be with enough people, if I can just get that pleasure, then I'll be saved. And for some, it's possessions. No, 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 no. If I can get the right house, if I can make the right income, if I can get, you know, the, the right kind of car. Listen, everybody in this room, you know what I'm talking about. Repentance is, is saying, I'm not going to trust in me. And it's not just the negative stuff. It's also the good stuff. It's interesting. If you go back and if you study Gen- uh, Galatians 3 and you study Hebrews 6 and Hebrews 10, these, these scriptures that talk about people walking away from Christ and, and losing the gospel, losing the capacity to be saved, they're not talking to people who are going out and getting drunk. They're not, going to, to, they're not talking about folks that are falling into adultery and pornography and, and theft and sin and lying in the seat. They're talking about people who are saying, I'm not going to trust in Jesus. I'm going to trust in my self-salvation. I'm going to trust in what I can do to save myself. But understand, religious people, secular people, all people are looking for a Savior. The question is, what are you relying on to save you? Are you relying on what you can do, what you can have, what you can earn, what you can feel, what, what, what you can be possessed by or possessed? Are you looking to what you can do to impress God? Salvation. How do we get it? It's trusting Jesus to be saved by Jesus, to obey Jesus. It is not trusting Jesus and obeying Him, doing what we're supposed to do to be saved by Jesus. No. No, let me tell you what it's like. It's like, it's like driving a car. Salvation is like driving a car. You, you get in the car, you start the engine, you're trusting in the vehicle to get you going. You're not trusting in you. You don't go buy a new car so you can push it down the road, Right? No, what do you do? You get in a car, you get a car so that that car can take you forward. So that you can then uh, go along the way. Now look, if you don't obey, you're going to wreck. If you don't obey the traffic laws, you'll wreck. And here's what I want to say to some of you who are my brothers and sisters in Christ. Some of you sitting here right now, you will not be here next month. And I'll tell you why. Because you're going to abandon the faith. For some of you, you're in process already. There are people who were sitting here a month ago who were not here today. Why? Because they stopped trusting and loving Jesus. Anytime we sin, anytime we decide we don't want to worship Jesus, here's what we've done. We've stopped trusting and loving Him. That's what all sin is. All sin is saying, Jesus, I don't trust you and I don't love you. And because I don't trust you and love you, I'm not going to obey you. See, Believing is, is, is trusting in who Christ is and what He's done. And when we believe, we are saved. And we are, are saved, we obey. So we get in a car, and Christ 
and we obey, and we stay on the path. Here's what's happening to some of you, though. You, you, you're wrecked your faith. Some of you are in the process of wrecking your faith. I talked to people this week, some who are about to wreck their faith. I've, I've pleaded with them this week. I've pleaded with them. I said, please, I'm begging you to trust Jesus, to live a life that loves Jesus. And obey him, or you're going to wreck your life, wreck your family, wreck your kids. You're going to wreck me. Come on. I want to say that to you today. Love and trust Jesus. You you can't save yourself. No created thing can save you. Trust Jesus and, and fully trust him. It's not trust Jesus and obey Jesus. We say, let me tell you what that's like. That's like getting in a car putting it in drive, then opening the door and using your right foot to be on the gas and your left foot to pedal. That's what some of you look like as you're pursuing Christ today. You look like a person who says, oh, I'm in Christ, but I'm doing the work over here. I'm the one who's really pushing myself forward because, you know, that's what I got to do, you know. I got to do all these things to impress God so I can be saved. It's not the order. Trust Jesus to be saved by Jesus, to obey Jesus. That's the gospel order. It is not trust Jesus and obey Jesus to be saved by Jesus. There is, we cannot save ourselves. Again, look what it says in, in, in verse 16. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Why would we obey God then someone says? What what does what does it matter what I do? It matters everything. Because if you love Jesus, you'll obey him. First John chapter five, verse three. Look what it says. For this is the love of God. What does it mean to love God? That we keep his commandments, that we obey him. I'm gonna make this as simple as I can. Alright, guys. Here's the deal. To know Jesus is to love Jesus. And to love Jesus is to obey Jesus. If you don't obey Jesus, it's because you don't love Jesus. And the reason you don't love Jesus is because you don't know Jesus. To know Him is to love Him, is to obey Him. And some of you say, I've, I've, been, I've been in church all my life. I get it. I get it. The Pharisees were in the presence of Jesus and they didn't love Him either. There are people sitting here right now who do not love Jesus, who regularly have attended church from time to time, maybe even every week, but you don't love Jesus. Say, how do you know I don't love Jesus? Because you don't obey Him. You don't obey Him. Why don't you obey Him? Because you don't love Him. And why don't you love Him? Because you don't know Him. To love Him, to know Him, is to love Him, is to obey Him. You obey Him, because you love them, because you know them. Obedience is crucial. If you're not obeying them, it's because you don't love them. Love is what it's all about. Now, to love him, you got to know him. you got to know his word. you got to know who he is. you got to know what he's done. Who is he? He's God Almighty in flesh. He died for your sin. He's been raised. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He is the God of life. He is all-powerful. And he's crazy about you. He loves you. And when you know that and you know Him, you can't help but love Him. And when you love Him, you can't help but obey Him. That's the gospel order. 
trust Jesus, to be saved by Jesus, to obey Jesus. So what are the ordinances? These are acts of obedience. The first step of obedience is baptism. The person who is a Christian, the first thing they are to do is to pursue Christ in baptism. And then, church membership to receive the Lord's Supper. To, to be baptized and to receive the Lord's Supper, they are, they are there for us to celebrate Christ. All right, so let's talk, about, let's talk about the gospel ordinances. We understand the gospel order. Trust Jesus, to love Jesus, to obey Jesus. Now, let's talk about the first step of obedience and ongoing obedience, all right? What are these? These are the ordinances. There's two of them. Believer's baptism, which announces a new birth into Jesus' family, and then the Lord's Supper, which uh, nurtures life in Jesus' family. This is what our statement of faith says. I want you to read this out loud with me. This is what we believe about baptism. Let's read it out loud. We believe that baptism is a public identification with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Baptism is immersion into water following a personal confession of faith in Jesus Christ done in response to the grace of God. It is a prerequisite to the privileges of membership at Living Hope Baptist Church. That is baptism. It's an announcement of new birth in Jesus. It's something we do once. Once. The Lord's Supper is something we do ongoing. This nurtures our, nurtures our life in Jesus. So, what do we say about the Lord's Supper? Read this out loud with me. We believe that the Lord's Supper is given to believers to commemorate the death of Jesus Christ and to anticipate His glorious return. The Lord's Supper is to be observed as a remembrance on a regular basis until Jesus returns. Let's take these in, in, in one step at a time. Let's first start off talking about baptism. Baptism is, is the first step of obedience to Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to notice it's believer's baptism. Believer's baptism. We believe in Christ. We repent and believe, and then we are baptized. Notice it's an announcement. We're announcing what already exists. And what is it that exists? What are we announcing? New birth into Jesus' family. Let's look at the baptism of Jesus to understand baptism, okay? What, what did Jesus do? This is in Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Uh, guys, go ahead and put that up for me. That Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. I want you to notice that. Jesus said it is to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented that John was willing to baptize him. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opening him. And look at the Trinity present here. The Spirit of God descending like a, like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, the Father said, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. A couple of things I want you to notice here. Notice, first of all, Jesus was already the Son of God. Baptism did not make him the Son of God. He was already the Son of God. And because he was God in flesh, he was obedient. And because he was obedient, he was baptized. Jesus said, I have to be baptized because God commands it. 
to not obey this command would be a sin. I'm God, I don't sin, so I must be baptized. This fulfills all righteousness. Jesus wasn't baptized to become the Son of God. Jesus was baptized because he was the Son of God. We are not baptized to become Christians. We are baptized because we are Christians. We are already saved when we come to those waters. Now, now notice also that Jesus' baptized, baptism provided an announcement. The Spirit was present. The, the Father spoke, I am well pleased. When we are baptized, what we sense from the, from the, from the throne of grace is God is pleased with our obedience. The Spirit of God is present, having sealed us until the day of, of, of judgment. That the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are honored. That's why we baptize in their name. Jesus said to baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, because all through your presence and we give glory to God. Notice that Jesus was doing this to fulfill our righteousness. It wasn't so that he could be saved, uh, be God, but because he already was God. We are baptized because we are already saved, not to be saved. Notice that he was immersed. He was under the water. Why? There is a message in the method of baptism. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 4. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Every time someone is baptized here, what do we say? You have been buried with Christ in baptism. Can you say it with me? And you are now raised to? You don't pay attention. You never pay attention. You have been buried with Christ in baptism, and you are raised to walk in. There's the light. There you go. It's a picture. When we're baptized, we're saying, my old life is dead. I'm buried. I've been washed, completely washed, and now I've been raised to walk in a new life, this life that's already been given to me. We are not baptized to be saved. We are baptized because we are saved. But having been saved, the first thing we do is we are baptized. We make the announcement. We make it clear. We are children of the Most High God. Some will say, well, I was baptized in an infant. That's great. I'm happy for you. That means that you had parents or somebody who cared about you that wanted you to be raised in the church. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches believers' baptism. An infant doesn't believe. Believers believe. Mature people, at whatever age, the Holy Spirit comes and brings conviction. The moment you believe, you are to immediately to be baptized. Some say, I was sprinkled. That's wonderful. But that's not believer's baptism. Baptism is immersion. The word baptizo literally means to immerse. Again, there's a message in the message. Some will say, I was baptized for salvation. No, you weren't. Baptism can't save you. It is by grace, through faith, in Christ alone. Go back to verse 16. It is through faith we are saved. Why are we baptized? Because we're saved. The person who is saved is baptized because we are living in obedience. Because to know Jesus is to love Jesus is to obey Jesus. And Jesus commands that we are to be baptized. And it's something that we are to do once. 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 I'm going to have kids go to camp this week. And I'm going to go down, and someone's going to say, Pastor, I need to be rebaptized, and I'm going to take them. I'm going to put them in a headlock. No, I'm not. I'm not. Then you never listen to me. I'm going to say, there's no concept of rebaptism in the New Testament. You 
you are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone, you make that announcement once. But God gives us something that we do over and over to commemorate the grace He's given, and that's the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is a commemoration for the disciple of Jesus to celebrate renewal, to celebrate what God is doing. It's a way to be nurtured in this in this uh, life in, in Jesus' name. Uh, again, we see Jesus giving this in Matthew 26, 26 through 29. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. What are we doing when we receive the Lord's Supper? There's three things. We're looking back to what Jesus has done. We look in to see what Jesus is doing, and we look forward to what Jesus is going to do. We look back and we remember that Christ... God became flesh, died for our sins, and has been raised. We look within and we say, Jesus, because I trust you, I love you, and I obey you. And in this moment of, of the Lord's Supper is when we can say, is there any way I'm not obeying you? Is there any way I'm not loving you and trusting you? And we can be renewed in our commitment to love and trust and obey Jesus. And all the while, we're looking forward. Jesus said, I'm not going to eat this again until my kingdom is coming in its fullness. And so there's the messianic feast that is coming. And so we have this joy to, to, to look back, to look in, and to look forward. And so we're going to do that right now because we're going to receive the Lord's Supper. Understand, this is for those who have been saved. Those who trust Jesus to be saved by Jesus are now going to obey Jesus. If you've never trusted Jesus... You're not a disciple of Jesus. Don't receive this element. But if you are, regardless of your denomination, regardless of the tribe you come from, God doesn't care. We don't care. If you trust Jesus, receive these elements with us right now. Now let's celebrate it. But we gotta, we gotta prepare our hearts to receive it rightly. So, very heads will be. Let's prepare. Father, we come into this time now to celebrate your grace. We celebrate what you have done. And we do this now as a remembrance. We need to do it rightly. So Holy Spirit, come now and help us. So you who are children of God, by grace and faith in Christ alone, right now, remember what Jesus has done for you. And thank Him for dying for your sin and being raised. Now, look into your life. Is there anything that in attitude or action where you are not trusting and loving and therefore obeying Jesus? Is there any sin present? If there is, repent that is stop trusting in yourself and trust Jesus. Now think about what it's going to be when Jesus returns. Think about the glories. Think about the hope, the heaven, the life. Thank you for what is to come. Father, this, this is possible because of your mercy. So right now, as we sing of your mercy, be honored as we celebrate you. In Jesus' name, amen. He can come and share the elements. Hold on to the elements. We're going to receive them together in just a moment. And let's think of the mercy of Jesus as we, as we receive this now. 
you would take these elements and let's remember what they are. These are elements that remind us and commemorate Jesus. We are not holding Jesus. Jesus is at the right hand of God. These elements remind us what he has done. What did he do? God took on flesh. He lived a holy life and he laid down his life for us. So hours before his death, Jesus took the bread, broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, Take it, this is my body. After the meal, he took the cup. He spoke of his blood. Hebrews 9.22 says, Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. So Jesus spoke of his blood of the new covenant. He took the cup and he said, Drink from it all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for sending your Son. Thank you, Jesus, for dying and being raised. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving us life to believe. In Jesus' name, amen. So when you get the gospel order, trust Jesus to be saved by Jesus to obey Jesus, then you get the gospel ordinances, baptism and the Lord's Supper. If you've never been baptized by immersion, here's what I want to encourage you to do, and you're a Christian, you need to be baptized. There's an orange card. We use that as a guest card. Listen, take it. If you want to be baptized, take it. Put your name on it. One way to uh, contact Check on there or just say, I want to talk to someone about being baptized, and I personally will contact you this week and talk with you about this. This is so crucial, so important. I, I want to talk with you about it. And, and then you can receive the Lord's Supper the way we have now, and then there becomes the gospel outcome. Now, what 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 is the gospel outcome? There's, there's two of them. There's hope and there's humility. See, when you when you trust in Jesus to be to, to be saved by Jesus to obey Jesus, it fills you with hope because here's what you know: I've been saved. I've been saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. It's not me; it's Jesus, which also humbles us. We say, "I have hope because of what Jesus has done," and I'm humbled because I couldn't save myself. There's humility. There's hope. But not everyone feels that right now. See, there's some who feel two other things. Instead of hope, despair. Instead of humility, pride. Why? Despair and pride come from trusting in ourselves. If you trust in Jesus, you will never despair. If you trust in you, you often will. See, if you're trusting in your behavior to make yourself right with God, you will despair. If you're running from God and pursuing sin, you will despair. But if you will trust Jesus to be saved by Jesus, to obey Jesus, you will have hope because it's the work of Jesus. And, and if, if you're feeling pride today, it's because you think you're better than other people and that you're doing a better job of obeying Jesus than they are. And you think that you're getting ahead and that you're more uh, advanced. And so you say, oh, they should and they ought and they, they need to. And so there's pride. Because you're not trusting Jesus. See, if you trust Jesus, you're saved by Jesus and you obey Jesus. Why? Because to obey Jesus is to love Jesus and to love Jesus is to trust Him and know Him. So if you're feeling despair and pride today, you need not. Will come to you 
and it will humble you because you'll say, Jesus, I need you. I need you to save me. I need to love you more. You've loved me so much. I, I want to love you more. I want to obey you more. And so this morning, you, you know, we sing often, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. And that's exactly right. Because Jesus has bought me. Now I can't. I want to obey him because I love him. But we're also going to sing this morning as we as we sing in Christ alone. We're going to, I love this. We're going to sing, I find my strength. I find my hope. I find my help. Christ alone. So we this morning, you need strength. You need help. You need hope. One way, one means Jesus Christ. Humble yourself. Come and get on your knees and say, Lord God, fill me with hope as I trust Jesus to be saved by Jesus, to obey Jesus, as I seek to obey Jesus because I love Jesus, because I know Jesus. Whatever your need today, come, come and just honor, humble yourself, and be filled with hope as we sing of our hope that is in Christ alone. Let's stand together and pray. Lord, we, we have no idea how much you love us, but the glimpse that we get is enough to give us reason to trust you and to love you and to obey you. Now, today there are some who come here and, and they need hope, they need help. There's despair, there's maybe some pride. Lord, they're aware of, of a need maybe in a family or in a friend. They need you, Lord Jesus, and they want to pray for them today. God, hear those who come to you now in the name of Jesus, who come and kneel before you, maybe stand before you here at the front and humble themselves and say, I need you, Jesus. Hear them as they cry out to you now as we sing in Christ alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing together. Come and pray as you need.